Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Shantz and Chu are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. This is a bunch of bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Hello and welcome to the How Dare You podcast. This is the They Live edition. My name is Michael Schantz, known as Shantz to Chew. I'm from the How Dare You Awards. <laughs> Joining me, my little movie novice, Lady Chew. She's from Tua T Fitness. Hi, Chew. Hi, Shantz. Two things real quick. When you say Shantz, I'm like, why aren't you pronouncing your name correctly? But I know. I know. Do you? <laughs> I do. I'm not sure you I do. I want to continue to say it wrong, as does everybody else. <laughs> uh, and two, nobody knows what this movie is, so we need to immediately get into exactly what this is. Does anybody know what this movie is? <laughs> I think those that know, know. Is it a, it, there has to be like... A cult following for this movie at least yeah. a little bit a yeah. bit of one this movie's weird <laughs> as fuck <laughs> it has to have been like a short story or a book it has to have yeah i believe it was based on a short story okay that makes sense because it just has that feel this movie has 85 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> i saw that <laughs> And I'm conflicted. Which I think is amazing. I, I'm conflicted. Because there's a message, which I get. But the movie as a whole is so fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I need to get into this. Are you mad at it? I'm mad at you. One of my notes is... <laughs> Hold, please. Uh, one of my notes is, I swear to God, I'm going to punch Shantz in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was about 30 minutes when nothing had happened yet. Well, I admit, because I have a note that says 30 minutes, like at the 30 minute mark, I'm like, okay, we're finally getting to it. Right. But That's a long time in movie and movie time. 30 minutes of nothing? Kill me. <laughs> it's not nothing. It, it isn't, but it is. They're setting shit up, Chew. Uh, too much. Well, I won't disagree with that. All right, Chew. Well, let's get to it. They Live is a 1988 film directed by the master of horror, John Carpenter. Chew, do you know that name? I don't know that name, but I'm going to disagree with what people are calling him. The master of horror, and then you went and made They Live. Just hang on, all right? Hold on to your fucking horses for a okay. second, all right? Yep. I mean, you're not wrong, but in this particular... <laughs> Just shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for starters, he directed the original Halloween, which okay. I know you have seen because we watched it together. Okay. I'm So... There's at least one movie I know you've heard of and or have seen. And then I have doubts. 
Have you seen Escape from New York? No. Or Escape from L.A.? Is this a series? Yeah. No. Kurt Russell. Oh, no. So. I love Kurt Russell. Obviously, we all know Escape that. Escape from New York? Fucking great. Escape from L.A.? More on the they live level. Okay. Deliciously bad. Is Kurt Russell in both of them or just the yes. L.A. one? Okay. In both. Interesting. We have The Fog, also with John, Jamie Lee Curtis. There was a remake, I want to say 2005. I think I saw the remake and thought, this isn't good. <laughs> How about The Thing? Also Kurt Russell. This is an all-time classic, Chew. We've discussed it. I want to say I've probably seen like little snippets, but I'm, I'll just go ahead and say, no, I haven't seen it. Fucking grievance. You tried to make me watch it, I think. Is this on your list of things I need to have watched? Absolutely. Like a f- official list? Okay. We'll watch it this October. Okay. <laughs> All right. What about Christine? The The car? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Starman with Jeff Bridges? No. Is that a scary movie? It doesn't sound scary. It's not a scary movie, but it's with Jeff Bridges and um, Karen Allen from Raiders of the Lost Ark and Scrooged. Movies fucking shit I hope you've heard of. (laughs) Yes. And then finally, another, I saved it for last, another Kurt Russell movie. One of the best, classic, weird, fucked up, strange, yet amazing movies called Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, I think we discussed that. That's actually one of them that I haven't seen that's on my list of Kurt Russell movies that I need to see. As always, you are a disappointment to me. Well, at least I'm consistent. (laughs) All right. Chew, this movie had a budget of $4 million, an opening weekend of $4.8 million, and a total in the USA and the world of $13 million. This movie made money. Yeah. That's that's like half statement, half question. A little bit. (laughs) Made a little bit of money. I'm very... I don't know if I'm surprised. I just don't. uh. Let me ask you this. Do you know the star of this movie? Roddy Piper. No, but I did briefly read. You did some reading? He's a wrestler? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I thought. So he was a WWF, eventually became WWE wrestler. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yikes. Uh, it all started to make sense when, um, and we'll get into it, uh, we've got some classic cheesy one-liners, and it all uh, started to come together. I was like, this, uh, I believe you were a wrestler. So good. I believe this. So good. The most famous line in this movie, by the way, he improvised. And it's my single positive point. Single? How single. dare you? Yeah. How dare you? All right. How many... How many grievances do you have for They Live? 32. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking hate you. (laughs) What's yours? 
14. Wow. Your positive points? 20. I swear to God, I knew you were, I was like, it's going to be over his grievance. Uh, I knew it. You're a fucker. This movie's amazing. Most of my grievances were came within the first 30 minutes. I was pissed. I'm getting I was getting more and more irritated. Why? I mean, calm down a little bit. Nothing fucking I mean, I happened. have some grievances. Only 14 of them. I wondered why there was a shanty town in the middle of Los Angeles. I wondered why all the homeless people seem so well adjusted and kind and nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's clear, like, this isn't downtown L.A. It is, but it isn't. (laughs) We have some delusions about what exactly downtown L.A. looks like. All right, Chew, hang on, though. We're getting ahead of ourselves because for the benefit of our audience who might not know about They Live, I'm going to need you to describe the plot. Good luck. (laughs) ah shit okay that's right that's the only correct way to start (laughs) oh before i start i actually don't know the main character's name it's never said he's just known he's just known as nada why i guess we'll get into that okay focus michelle all right we got (laughs) i'm just gonna call him the drifter we got a drifter Okay. He shows up in downtown LA. He's pretty clean for a drifter. Like, I mean, like, hygienically clean. Not like, I don't think he does drugs or anything. Um, he's looking for little oddball jobs, construction work, blah, blah, blah. He ends up spending time in a homeless camp, we'll call it, across the street from a, a church. Oh, it's a shanty town. It's a shanty town, for sure. He sneaks into the church because there's these, it looks suspicious, and they've, why, first of all, why do they have TVs in the shantytown? But they have a TV in the shantytown. <laughs> like, where are they plugging that thing I in? I don't know. <laughs> That's my question. And the Amazing. TV signal keeps getting jammed up with somebody else hijacking the system, saying that they, whoever they are, uh, are keeping us asleep and it's very conspiracy and just, you know, I don't like conspiracies, so it's gross. Anyway, <laughs> he goes into the church and there's just boxes and boxes and boxes of just these black sunglasses. And he's like, what the fuck even is this? Like, what the fuck? There's a raid. Everybody scatters. Shanty town is destroyed. He f- ends up finding a little pair of glasses later on, and he puts the glasses on, and he's like, whoa, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then bad stuff happens, and I'm not going to say in the plot what's behind the glasses. No, bad you have happens. to. Go ahead. Okay. Um, it goes turns... beyond bad stuff happens. <laughs> it's like ultra bad stuff. Yeah. Uh he puts this the glasses is the baddest on. of the bad stuff that has ever bad stuff happened. It really is. It's pretty <laughs> awful. Uh, he realizes that his reality isn't a reality at all. It's a smoke screen. And uh, there's aliens who are blinding us. 
with subliminal messages and they can we can't see their their true faces without the glasses so they're just walking around acting like normal people and basically we're we humans are being raised and raised as cattle essentially yeah yeah so it's bad that's a bad thing <laughs> and uh one yeah, man the ha- upset He's yeah one man it. has to try so basically the one man nada i don't know if you know this chew but that means nothing <laughs> yeah, in spanish <laughs> so we're just saying that the man is nothing yep okay do you get it now thank you Okay. <laughs> Nada has to try to save humanity all by himself. The weight of the world is resting on this On those broad shoulders. shoulders. He is muscular, but thick also. He's like thick and muscly. He's got that fucking wrestler body for sure. Yeah, he does. Rowdy Roddy Piper was no fucking slouch, Chew. I believe you. Because he spent five minutes beating up a black guy in an alley. That is no just bald black guy. That is fucking Keith David. Have some respect. I like Keith David. I don't know why they had to fight each other for five fucking minutes in a fucking alleyway. Because that fight is awesome. They rehearsed that fight for like three weeks. That's got to be my biggest grievance of the whole thing is that five minutes. It's too long. My biggest positive point. I sped through it. (laughs) Oh, my God, Chew! I skipped intermittently. I was like, I can't take this. This is the fucking dumbest thing I've ever I've ever seen. Did was... you recognize Keith David? I did. From Roadhouse? Yes. All right. I like Keith David. Nothing against you, Keith you David. You did something right. I just don't know why we had to fight. Because he's understand. a wrestler. He's a drifter. He's a wrestler in his real fucking life. He's a drifter in this story. <laughs> Did you notice Separate he had a wedding two. ring on? Yes, I noticed that. But they it's never because... touched it on the, they never brought it up. So I figured it was just his wedding ring. It is. He just oh didn't God. want to take it off. <laughs> well, that's nice. That's really sweet. <laughs> I looked up Rowdy, well, not Rowdy, but Roddy Piper. He is Rowdy. Rowdy Roddy. But I looked him up on IMDb. He has like 168 acting credits. Wow. All of them in things you have not heard of them. Because I, I haven't need to look any further them. into it. Because I won't be uh, like, no offense, Mr. Piper. But, but half of them are like wrestling shit. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Chew. You, you, you've got this all wrong. <laughs> I had so much hate for you watching this movie. Come on. I, I, I do love you. I love you. But I did have a lot of hate for you <laughs> for 90 minutes. I don't know why that pleases me so much. I'm so happy right now. Um, I live to make you angry. I was almost going to call you with no context whatsoever and be like, you can eat my dick. Just so you know. Well, why? What? What's wrong? Don't worry about it. You can eat my fucking dick. Chew, <laughs> come on. It's a delight. It's... This movie, I will tell you, though, 
does have the look of it, does have, and this happens in some John Carpenter's movies, some of them, an after-school special look to them. Oh, my God, yes. Right? Yes. Very yeah. after-school specially. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about them. <laughs> it just gets you thinking. It just gets conversations started. Let's have a conversation about the the real message of the movie. Well, and let's talk about that because clearly John Carpenter came in with an agenda on this fucking movie, right? Oh, completely. Yeah. All right. And so what did you pick up on? I mean, it's very, I mean, you could, you could watch this movie and be like, this could be relevant right now in this time. It so is. That yeah. was my biggest surprise and my biggest positive point for this movie. It's yep. so relevant today. Yeah. So you have this group, well, aliens who kind of look robotic. I call them robots. And then halfway through aliens, there's uh, aliens essentially. Yeah. Um, controlling us blinding us to what's really happening to the control that we're actually under even though the we think we're in control and then you know they everybody but has we're a price. under control through what consumerism chew Consum yeah so even like the money was like this this is movie's made or comes out in in 1988 so we're at the end of ronald reagan's term second term this is a critique of ronald reagan's america Oh, sure. Everybody that's, that's an alien is a rich, besuited asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. the hardworking Americans yeah, are the middle the class, fucking shaft. Middle class and under are definitely getting shat on. And the whole movie is just about, you know, people selling out. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got a price. They get humans on their side. Yeah. Uh, for however much. And uh, it's just gross. At the end, it's just <laughs> gross. But that happens every day. And that's, I mean, you're, that's, yeah. what, that's what's happening right now. But I was shocked at how, how much of a correlation there seemed to be to our world today. Oh, yeah. Because with the advent of social media... Everything is about selling ourselves. Or at least even selling the idea of our great lives. Yeah. Here's a picture of my beautiful food. Here's a picture of my beautiful dog. Here's a picture of my beautiful girlfriend or boyfriend. My yeah. life's perfect. Look what I have Meanwhile, and look what you don't. We all hate ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all fake. None of it's just none of it's, it's real. It's all fake. Yeah. It's all fucking fake. So we are in agreement. This movie has many levels and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What no, How I'm, Dare I'm, You Awards do you think it would be nominated for? I mean, initially, you could say most ridiculous concept, but not really. No, I not think, really I think, at all. I think, it, I, think, I think it does stay in ridiculous concept. I think you're right. And that's the one award that it absolutely would have to be nominated for. If for no other reason, then somebody explain to me the technology behind these sunglasses. 
Because that's the part. Like, they. Agreed. They all, look chintzy and, like, they cost <laughs> five cents to make. Yeah. All yeah. John Carpenter does is have one scene where he walks into the church and there are beakers with, like, blue and orange liquid. And somehow that made the sunglasses. That's right. <laughs> Somebody has to explain to me the technology behind these sunglasses. Yeah. I'm going to need the science report behind. Right. Yeah. So I think it gets that nomination. In the early How Dare You Awards, there were uh, nominations for least successful performance by a non-actor in an acting role. So maybe you could go Roddy Piper on that. But I got to tell you, I really like him in this movie, too. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I think he's good. uh, I'm torn. I don't think that he's bad. Mm -hmm. At all. I don't think that he's bad. I think there's a lot of empty, I say empty with quotations, empty scenes where nothing's really happening and he doesn't talk a lot of the movie. He doesn't have a ton of dialogue in the first half of the movie. Yeah. Which bothers me. (laughs) But he does have, he does have good like facial expression. Yeah, he's natural on screen. Yeah. He doesn't look out of place. No. There's never a moment where I think he's out of his depth as an actor. Agreed. But I'll say this, too. This movie only made $13 million, which is, you know, close enough to the $10 million limit of least wanted to see. So depending on what else came out in 1988... Maybe a nomination for a movie you at least wanted to see. Right. Also tragic. I'm really on the fence about this movie. Like it does, <laughs> it does create severe anger in me. But that's the first 45 minutes of the movie. Half hour to 45. And then the last half, we kind of pick up a little bit of speed and stuff starts to happen. Which I appreciate and sorely needed. <laughs> but there was too much damage done in that first half. All right. Let's so, take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about that first section. Because, as usual, we haven't gotten very far into the movie. Shocker. So we'll come back, and we'll get into it, all right? We'll talk about the pros and cons of a slow beginning. Okay. All right. Right after this. Can I ask you a question? Do you like beer? I like beer. It's required by law that you like beer when you're living in San Diego, California. But even I can get confused and dizzied by the amount of choices that you can see at your local beer store. What's a person to do? I'll tell you what you do. You'll watch The Vegas Beer Guys, a live show on Instagram and Facebook and they will set you right as to what beers you should have in your life or should not have in your life. The Vegas Beer Guys are brought to you by Dan Aker, the beer professional, and Stephen Weiss, self-proclaimed beer novice. They'll drink beers for you and drink beers with you. Go ahead and check out their live shows, and they'll tell you which beers you should be having in your fridge. 
Everybody wants the perfect combination of molten hops in your life. And Dan Aker and Stephen Weiss are the perfect combination of fantastic and wonderful. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. Find them. You're going to watch their show and love their show. They give away free merch during their shows. So go ahead and check out the Vegas Beer Guys. What a great time. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Lady Chu and I are here disagreeing about They Live, a 1988 film directed by the master of horror, Chu, John Carpenter. That's rich. You Um, heard me. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. All right, Chu. I think we alluded to this, but when this movie starts... Roddy Piper has arrived in Los Angeles, and he is looking for work. Yeah. And we're basically in the time of, hey, building up Wall Street and suit jobs. And if you are kind of like a blue-collar factory kind of worker, this is the, the beginning of what's now the end of losing those jobs. Right. Yeah, you're fucked. You're fucked. So he goes into... I just love that there's like a whole building dedicated to finding people work. There's fucking like note cards up on up on the wall everywhere for these jobs that are available. And he sits down and talks to a dickish old woman. And two minutes into their conversation, she's like, we don't have work for you. Yeah, what a bitch. Right. She's probably a robot. I think so. Or an alien. Player. And in fact, I kind of want to go back and watch because I want to say that she... Had a bracelet or a watch? No, not just that, but I think, like, later, I think he sees her in the bank. When he's oh. like, you're... Like, this one's okay, but you, you're really ugly. Right. When he's... I think, I think that might have been the same old lady. Interesting. I have to double check. Yeah. I'm not she positive. She was a bee, though. A yeah. Big bee. Yeah, she was an asshole. Yeah. Uh, I have a grievance here. I just thought, <laughs> kind of a funny grievance that I, you know, as he's walking past that construction shop uh, site where he actually gets a, a job and he's talking to the foreman or whoever that asshole was. Yeah. And his big selling point for why he should get the job is I have my own tools Construction sites should have fucking tools for you. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you should hire I mean, me. Mo- I got my own tools. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my dad being a contractor, I think most people do have a little bit of their own tools. And I guess it's a plus. I mean, you need your own bags, basically. You need okay, your own fine. Bags. Like, but, like, all the tools? Yeah, no. They should have them at the job site. You can share. I think that's fine. Well, this is where he meets Frank, Keith David, who's going to help him out because the the foreman, he can see that there's a fucking sleeping bag on top of his backpack where he keeps his tools, Chew. He's like, don't you fucking sleep here. He came in hot. Yeah, just like. He came in real fucking hot. Like, shut up. Ooh. Fucking pure Jeremy style. (laughs) <laughs> he's a real piece of shit ladies and gentlemen yep he sucked um 
<laughs> we were all making fun of Pete the other night for still languishing there all by himself. Oh, no. What, by himself? Yeah, I think he's the last one. Well, Cole, Cole might work isn't... a couple days there, but that's oh, okay. but it's not like the main job anymore. Wow. Well, good for Cole. And I'm sorry for Pete. Yeah. <laughs> no one deserves that. No one deserves You're to right. make that place You're alone. Right. That's horrible. I went, I... You're in, he's in the depths of hell and nobody's helping I him out. I went for the low-hanging fruit of the joke. <laughs> sorry, Pete. <laughs> Chin up, buddy. You got this. <laughs> and so then, Chew, it's Keith David who takes him to Shantytown. Yep. Good times. They're friends now, sort of, but not yeah, really. Like but sort of. Keeping each other at a distance. Yeah. As you were saying, one is one to do. Yeah. Yes. In certain situations. Which nobody's going to hear on this podcast. <laughs> Shall we? Uh, fucking shit. So, we, like, basically what we're doing at this point is setting up a bunch of shit, right? Yeah. For a long, long time. We're setting up for a long time. I do have an alternate title to this movie that came out of this section of the movie. Would you like to hear it? Yes. The title of this movie could have been <laughs> Homeless Construction Detective. <laughs> that's, that's solid. Because that's a good solid 20 minutes of that's this movie. That's what he is. He's just that's like, what he is. what's going on with that guy? What's going on with... Peter Jason, who's playing Gilbert, who, you know, he suspects him because he's, uh, what, I don't know, fixing a chair and then goes over to the church. He's like, what are you doing over there? Well, they let us use the kitchen, you know, to make food. We got a lot of food to make for people at 4 a.m. Why why does he take take it upon himself to have the authority to ask those kinds of questions? You're a drifter. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Mind your business. But he does, Chew, and he finds out some shit. Yep. So he goes in there. That's when he sees the beakers. He finds a secret little compartment filled with more boxes. Yep. Of cheap swap meat glasses. Yeah. Three for ten. (laughs) Totally. Three for ten. That's great. <laughs> and then you said this in your in your uh, description of the plot, but then the police raid, right? Yeah. I love that. And Go ahead. I was just going to say, you can tell just by the police raid, if you couldn't figure out that there was something fishy going on, there's definitely something fishy going on when the police raid shows up. Besides the fact that there's nobody was doing anything wrong. There was no criminal activity as far as the audience is concerned, but those Except police pirating are the bizarre as fuck. Pirating the the TV channel. Exactly. Yeah. Which I don't know how they did that. I don't think they know how they did that. <laughs> no, just we got a TV at Shantytown. Yeah. 
But I just love that this police raid includes bulldozers for the entire shantytown and with no warning and uh, no concern or safety for human life. Nope, they did not give a shit. Did you notice that somebody was inside a kind of a, you know, makeshift building that got scooped (laughs) up by the bulldozer? (laughs) I was like, Jesus Christ. Yep. Those aliens aren't (laughs) fucking around. We also had a moment that reminded me of Wild Wild West because there's a moment where the main guy, played by Peter Jason Gilbert, the main guy of the Resistance, along with the old man. Oh, no, maybe it's just the old man. The old man that's actually on the TV screen when they pirate it. And then the old black preacher, the blind guy, when they're getting beaten up. Yeah. So they're getting beaten up by the cops and Roddy Piper's Nada walks past that slowly and then sees a young blonde kid in a corner like hiding. So he takes them and they run down the alleyway and then like eight cops come around the corner within two feet of them. And they're like, whoa, and they run away and go like (laughs) inside a building. (laughs) And somehow that was enough to avoid their detection. It's like they didn't see them. It reminded me of. The uh, of uh, Kenneth Branagh on top of the spider, not seeing like how our heroes. How does this make sense? As it went up the hill. Yeah, that's not good writing. It was delightful. Uh, yeah, this raid was weird. (laughs) It was weird, sloppy, thorough. Just no, not not sloppy. Sloppy. It's just like nobody put in enough effort. Like if you're gonna raid. What are you talking about? Not enough effort. They went into the church. They're burning the church. They got bulldozers. Yeah, that's true. It's just more lackadaisical feel. It's just more completely illegal. (laughs) Very illegal. That's a huge no-no. You're infringing on my rights here. You know, to live. Yeah, dick. But they're aliens. They don't care. Not all the cops are aliens. In fact, at one point they say most cops aren't. Just as bad. But we are talking about the LAPD, so. Goo. <laughs> Goo. Well, yeah. They're quick to pull out a nightstick. Just saying. At least in the 80s. I mean, I've seen what I've seen. We're not far from Rodney King in 1988. I'm just going to say that. I'm yeah. like, didn't Rodney King show up a few years later? Yeah. Shit. Well, at this point... I just love also, like, the very next shot is him back in Shantytown, and it's basically been cleared, and people are just trying to, like, find their clothes. Yeah. Everyone's literally just, like, kicking up dust. Yeah. Just sad, depressed, looking for their shit. Yeah. And he, what does he do? He does, he goes back to his detective work. He goes back into the church, which appeared from the outside to be smoldering, but when he goes inside, there's no fire damage. Yeah, why'd they do that? Again, a hole. <laughs> Chewing her holes. Oh, <laughs> 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 jokes. Chew doesn't like holes in movies. I'll tell you that much. But he, what he does is because he found that secret compartment, right? Yeah. So he goes back into the secret compartment and gets a box, box of, of sunglasses. sunglasses. And he takes them to an alleyway and then... I swear to God, you, 
When he put him in that trash can, I was like, well, that's stupid. Somebody's going to pick up that trash at some point, dumbass. Dumb. Yeah. So uh, that was a grievance. It was Why a grievance for trash? me, too. Stupid. <laughs> but this is where the movie really gets going, because he puts on the sunglasses. And every billboard or piece of writing that is in the world has a subliminal message underneath it. Yeah. I wrote some yeah, of them down, it, like, obey, consume, submit, yeah. buy, watch TV. <laughs> I like that one. I do all of those things. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's fun. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Shit's fun. It has its place. And it has definitely has, like, I mean, obviously it's black and white. Everything's black and white when he puts the glasses on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's very... 1950s but like futuristic sort of yeah yeah because there are also like little miniature ufos that come a looking for you just hanging out in the air that somehow can't be seen yep also and this once he puts the glasses on he starts seeing the aliens for who they really are and I'm going to say, you ugly. <laughs> you are not cute. You make me sick. <laughs> but I think I really like the look of all of that. Yeah, I I thought that was... I love the we message from route, John I Carpenter. Well I love that, like, all the business guys are the fucking aliens. That the rich yep. people are fucking horrible, because that's the world we're kind of living in now. Am I wrong? No, I totally agree. I uh, yeah, I wrote, I wrote down upper middle class, probably white people, <laughs> probably mostly white people. Right. Yeah. So. There was part of me that kind of, I mean, because we, we, we have a, we have a, we have a fairly long scene of him dealing with what he's seeing. A fairly long <laughs> scene? Let's call it what it is. It's like 10 minutes of him just tripping the fuck out, which in realistic terms, I think that's, that's a fair, that's an appropriate amount of time. But I'm watching a fucking movie. I can't spend 10 minutes with you tripping out. Okay. We got to speed it up. But yes. A long scene. I'm kind of okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I really love that first besuited alien when he's at the newsstand. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah. He's like, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? He's like, I don't. You got a problem? What's your problem? Maybe I do have a fucking problem. I think I do, because... You look scary. I'm not sure you're human. <laughs> I love it. It was good. But what I noticed more than anything, because then the cops show up at some point... Where does he go first? Because he's not... He goes to the grocery store. Grocery store. Yeah, okay. And they're all in there. There's like 90% of them right. are aliens. And what I love about that is they can all talk into their watches. And so it's like he's found out. 
They like we've yeah. got one who can see. Yeah. That's some good shit, shit. Chew. Like now you yeah. know you're in some fucking trouble. Yep. So I just love that whole bit because now I'm starting to feel like, oh, this guy's fucked. The police come. They're both aliens. Yep. He punches them out, gets their guns, shoots them both. And they and, die like normal people. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so now we're just on, Chew. He goes into a bank and we have the all-time great line. Oh, it's so good. Come on, give it to me. I fucking love it. I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And, and I am all out of bubblegum. Bubble <laughs> fucking <laughs> amazing. Oh, shit. By math, math says that you're here to kick ass then. That's a word problem right there. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to retroactively put you in the movie. Like, if you were just standing there, like, signing the back of a check, you know? <laughs> Fucking, look, you just lean over to your friend. I've done the math. He's here to kick ass. <laughs> I've done this word problem before. <laughs> if the drifter has bubble gum and kick ass and he loses the bubble gum, he only has kick and ass left. That's it. That's all that's, that's on it. the fucking menu. <laughs> It's just a great fucking line. It's so I, good. I was like, eh, all right, I'm into it. Well, and he he, he improvised it, not like in the sense that he just did it while they were shooting, but he came up with the line himself because I think he was going to say it as a wrestler, and he passed, you know, he was like, hey, John Carpenter, what do you think about this? And he's like, oh, yeah, we got to use that. So they did it. And I think he ended up using it in, uh, you know, wrestling matches after that, of course. Obviously. It's fantastic. But there's one right after that that I like not as much, but it's still completely a solid line, Chew. Did you track that one? Oh, I wrote one down. Uh, was it after Keith David put on the glasses? Finally. No, I think it's still in the bank. Oh, okay. Or, or somewhere shortly after the bank when he says, Mama don't like tattletales. <laughs> and fucking shoots him. Amazing. <laughs> so good. Stop. So good. Like, ah, uh, shit. Come on, it's amazing. All right, Chew, let's take another break and then we'll come back and we'll finish up with They Live. How about that? Party. Party. Oh. Fucking A. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound. But as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to stay on target. 
Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug the dog from Up and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to... Stay on target! That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you. We are back once again, everyone. Lady Chu and I are here discussing They Live, the 1988 film. I think I'm bringing you onto my side. Meh. I mean, from from the moment, from the moment we have, I am here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I am all out of bubblegum. From that moment on... <laughs> The movie's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, I imagine. Come on. It's fucking great. I wouldn't disagree with you. But like I said before, too much damage has has already been done. You're nonsense. Okay, let's talk about so. this fight. Because we're kind of... Well, we're not quite there. Because first we get to Meg Foster, right? Holly. He kidnaps yeah. her and takes her home. Yeah. That didn't go where I thought it would go. She I forgot about was this. playing it cool. She's like, I was, I'm thirsty. Just need a, I need a drink. Right. Okay, cool. Getting him off his guard, and she just backhands the shit out of him out a fucking window. Roundhouse with a bottle. Oh, that's right. So she, she roundhouses. Regardless. Yeah, she roundhouses with the bottle and then pushes him out a window. And that's a long fall. Yeah, I'm just saying. I can't remember if she'd she'd hit him or if she kicked him, but either way, he gets, Oof. as the kids say, yeeted out of that fucking house. What do the kids say? Yeet, like Y E E T. It's a thing, and it makes me laugh every time I hear somebody say it. Wow, I have not heard that yet. It's basically like if you punt something, it gets yeeted. All I know <laughs> is I can't say it even with a straight <laughs> face. <laughs> It's so fucking ridiculous. All I know is that's fire has replaced the bomb. Yes. Right? Yep. That's fire. Oh, that's fire. And actually, I think fire is dated now. I think it's... No, the kids are still uh, saying that's fire. Kids are still saying that fi- that's fire. And then the even younger kids say something like... Bussin? I don't know. I don't say understand what? it. Who the... Bussin, like B-U-S-S-I-N apostrophe. That's bussin? Yeah. Or bussin bussin? I don't understand it. I sound so fucking old right now. When I was a kid, things were rad. Things are still rad. (laughs) Okay. Fight me, Gen Z. (laughs) Fight me. Well, he gets fucking punched out that window, and now he's like just committing his whole life to to convincing Frank to put on a pair of sunglasses. It's a long time. <laughs> it's so good. Just, Guys, it's over five minutes of fighting. It just keeps going on and on and on and on. Frank. It's Frank, right? Yeah. Keith David is Frank. Put the fucking glasses on. I understand it sounds ridiculous. Just put the fucking glasses on. That's all you had to do. If only. Just put them on. I like in the middle of that fight scene, they were like two teenage boys who are fighting each other at home when he takes that, the board, like the the four by four, and he tries to hit yeah. him and breaks the window, the back window of the car. 
And he looks at him like, ooh, we did something Sorry. bad. And he starts to laugh. And Keith David's just not having any of it, just continues the fight. Fucking great. I did notice that. I It was an okay moment. Come on. I wasn't upset about it. You weren't fast forwarding yeah. through that one like a dick? No, I saw that part. <laughs> and then finally, finally, after a lifetime, the drifter shoves the glasses on Keith David's face. Now he's a believer, Chew. Now he's a believer. But the best part of all of that is when they go to that hotel room afterwards and they both are just fucking wrecked. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and they ask for a room. The guy just looks at both of them. And Keith David's like, I want a room. <laughs> he's like, okay, here's the pen, sign. He's like, takes it all mad. It was good. Keith David, by the way, Chew, in The Thing. Okay. And that's why John Carpenter, he was like, I need somebody who's going to be great and perfect. And that, and he remembered Keith David from The Thing, and he's like, fucking A. It sounds like John Carpenter definitely, like, when he finds a favorite, he keeps those favorites. Like, are him and Kurt Russell best friends? Because they've They're close, done a yeah. lot of work together. They're close. Yeah. Lots of movies together. That you need to see, by the way. I don't disagree with you. You can't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can. I'm just choosing not to. Because I'm right. (laughs) That's the takeaway, Chew. I'm right. Like, I am about this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you're not. (laughs) For the record, for anybody who's listening, Chance is not toxic. (laughs) Shut up. <laughs> Bitch, you're stupid. Nobody likes you. Okay. Um. Next thing you know, they've found the resistance, right? E- and they get their yes. contact lenses. Yeah. Which work yep. better than the glasses? I guess the glasses give you headaches. So just stick it in your eye, and that'll take the headaches away. Right? Makes sense. They must have uh, upped the potency of the blue and the orange potions in the beakers. (laughs) They just added a little bit more blue and a little bit more orange. There you go. One thing that I think is really funny about this movie that's a bit of a grievance for me is that uh, because humans are so clueless, they can't see what's going on right in front of them. And we're all willing to sell out. But in order to be good, everybody, homeless people, blind priests, guys who just work on chairs, ex-wrestlers and construction workers, they all know how to use guns with alarming proficiency. Yeah. What's going on there? Nobody has to be trained to use a gun in this movie. Everybody just knows how to use a gun well. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know how to use a lot of firearms. Right. You know why? Because I don't have I don't have any experience with them. Right. So everybody in this movie knows how to fire a gun. That's, is that alarming? It is. Yeah, it's alarming. Yeah, it's alarming. 
I once went to a shooting range because I'd had an argument about gun violence the night before with a gun person. And so I said, okay, I'll shoot a handgun tomorrow. Like, it's hard to hit a target if you've never shot a handgun, even from 10 feet away. And I don't you mean... training. I don't mean hitting the heart or the head. I mean hitting the paper. Yeah. <laughs> People need to be appropriately trained. Sometimes you pull the trigger and you're like, but I was pointing right at the paper. Why is there no hole in the paper? Because you don't know what you're doing, as most people. Actually, by the end of that day, my friend had said, you're you're a pretty good shot. <laughs> I was hitting that paper, Chew. I'm ready to kill. Nice. Yeah, because you had practice. That's why. Well, I guess. By the way, I didn't do the I didn't do the raising Arizona thing. But I did write down just whole fight scene as one giant positive point. Ugh. I mean, to each their own, I guess. But anyway, we'll move on. I disagree. Because what happens while they find the resistance chew, the fucking resistance gets raided yet again. Yep. And it's very suspicious that Holly shows up and then boom, explosion. See, I Can was trying to decide. Fuck? Yeah, I was trying to decide had Holly already given them up or did she do that between that moment and the end of the movie? I think she'd already given them up because she was acting super mega weird. See, I in thought the house. she looked super me- mega regretful at the resistance. Cuz she's a fucking faker fucking asshole she is an asshole she's human though yeah but she suckered me in that's part of it though chew they offer lots of money and riches to people who are willing including one of the homeless people which i thought was really funny like what's the homeless guy gonna do for them that's right yeah what the fuck is he gonna do nothing so anyway they find themselves on the run they find themselves in the time like the they get a watch that just automatically time displaces by accident so that they can go into a tube and now they're in the underground lair. Yeah. Which is just the television network, right? Yeah. But it's They've also got, got like, I don't know, a, a, a room to outer space and <laughs> there's shit going on here. It's a smorgasbord of options. Right. Yeah, they got multi-dimensional space travel. Yes. They have a, a dinner. Yes. And a ballroom. A ballroom. And they have a TV station. And they have a television station. I mean, their bath, you get all that being said, their bathrooms are probably really nice. <laughs> oh, man, if only I could poop there. <laughs> that's something I look for. Just like a nice, I'm like, ooh, this bathroom's nice. Nice. Did you expect the movie to go where it did at the end? Yes, I thought, I assumed... You thought they were going to die? Yeah. They have to. That either they were going to die and not 
have been successful in helping the greater good. Right. Or they were going to die for the for greater, the greater good. good. Yeah. Man, that bums me out when Keith David. That's a it's a great shot too cuz so you have I mean Holly is not an alien. She just straight up murders him. She's a fucker. Point blank. She puts a gun to his head and then Pulls the they trigger. switch that scene. And they fast. cut, but you hear the shot. Yeah. It's fucking good shit. And he has a family? Yeah. Ugh. Sad. Not good. Nope. But he was they were never gonna get out of there alive anyway. Heard. And then you have So she has uh, what's uh, what's her name? Holly has the drop on Nada. And then Nada turns around and gets the drop on her. Yeah. But then there are helicopters with the drop on him. And he's got to decide whether or not to sacrifice his life for the greater good. And what's he do, Chew? Fuck it. He just says, fuck it. Yeah. All right. Can we talk about the last shot, though? <laughs> is this the last shot? Is that a positive point or a grievance for you? Uh. Positive point, even though I didn't write it down as a positive point. Um, Just fucking naked the, yeah. tits out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I like that. Yep. And she looks down and she's like, oh, shit. She's, yeah, she's on top and she's just humping a guy. But I guess there were radio signals that were covering everything. Like now you don't need glasses at all. Just because right. they destroyed the antenna? Yeah, because that subliminal radio waves gotcha. going into your brain. But the last line is a fucking alien looking up with her on top of him. What's wrong, babe? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking cut. Credits. <laughs> that was good. That's All right, good. I'll add that to the... Uh, I'll make it two. 32 out of two. Fucking ridiculous. 32 for two. Solid. <laughs> I mean, you know, I have I, I have to hand it to uh, the drifter. He's really trying hard to convince everybody that there's a big fucking problem. Right. But him trying to explain it to Holly, even though she already knows. Uh, she, he sounds like he's on meth. He oh, yeah. would sound like a drug addict. Like, you, that paranoia is... Seeping in real quick. I fucking chainsaw. I think you're wrong, by the way. I don't think she knew before he was kidnapped. Oh, I guess so. But she does I work at right. the station. I don't know. And she would know, though. She already has money. I think she knew. I think she knew. Ah, oh, tough call. She's so believable, Chu. No, she's not. She's fucking so weird. Bitch blink once in a while. Fuck. (laughs) Bitch blink. That might be a (laughs) t-shirt. Thanks for that. Bitch blink. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking great. All right, do you have anything left for They Live? Uh... No, if somebody decides to watch this, though, you really have to push through the first 30 minutes. Do you? Do you Just push through. The ending, do you the recommend? last half is better. Yeah, yeah. I like the message. Okay. 
Come on, this movie's great. I recommend it. This is okay. a solid B movie. A hundred percent. Right? Come on. Yeah, oh, Give yeah. me that. Yeah. Definitely B movie. Like the message. It still makes me mad. Still makes me very mad. Settle down. But yeah. All right. What's your drinking game? Oh, every time he says like a just ridiculous one-liner. Is there more than two? Oh, yeah. We've got the bubble gum. Yeah. We've got yours, which is Mama the don't like tattletales. We've got um, Life's a Bitch. She's back in oh, heat. Oh, yeah. What the fuck are you even talking about? Yeah. Drifter. Like, what the fuck? All right. And I don't know exactly where this was, but he said, or no, somebody said, ain't daddy's little boy no more. I don't remember the context of that one. But. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and there was a few, there's a couple others. So you can get like six right. shots out of this movie. Well, mine was any sequence in which... It's too long? No. (laughs) Any sequence in which John Carpenter's agenda is evident. Interesting. So you have like... That'll make you think. Yeah, they have the section towards the beginning... When they're like, yeah, it's all against the working man. Fuck us. And right. like, you know, that kind of talk. Yeah. And it's peppered throughout really well. There's good shit at the beginning, in the middle, and at the end. That's a good one. Yeah. We'll see who who who's they like more. Probably mine. Why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> uh, love you most. <laughs> All right. Nothing else, right? We're done. Let's put her to bed. We did it. They live. 1988. It's in the fucking books. For Lady Chu of Tua T Fitness, I am Michael Shantz. Chance from the How Dare You Awards. Say goodbye, Lady Chu. Good day. Ugh. What is wrong with me? I have a problem. No, that was. We do this every week. That was great. Every episode. It was just like you had to think about each word individually. Good day. You thought. Like I was make sounding good out, sound good. Sounding it out good. for the first time. Make day sound have good. Have a great day, everyone. Day. Good day. I have to just pretend I'm like I'm serving a table. Have a great day. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, but the underneath message of that is die in a car crash on the way home. Because <laughs> yeah, you're not <laughs> far off from what I was actually thinking. It was like, there better be at least 20% under than that checkbook. Oh, yeah. Please and thank you. All right. Well, good day, madam. Good day, sir. Until next time, everybody. I have a chainsaw. I have a chainsaw in the background. I'm gonna hulk the fuck out. Who has to be a grown up right now, everyone? I'm just gonna go tell the neighbor children to fuck off politely.